Hello, and welcome back to the Blitz Scalable Ventures podcast. This is Chris Ye. I'm joined by my Blitz Scaling Ventures partner, Scott Johnson. How are you doing, Scott? Feeling good today, Chris. Gorgeous September day here in New England. Astonishing. It's actually a little rainy here in the Bay Area. So this is one of those rare occasions when it's better weather where you are. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna just live in the moment here and enjoy our podcast and then head outside. Sounds good. Well, we'll try to be efficient then. Today, we're going to be talking about deals that were announced in August of 2023. We've actually got four different deals to talk about today, which is a good number. But before we get to that, we should talk about the overall numbers and how does this compare to what we've been seeing? So, Scott, what does it look like? How is the fundraising climate from your perspective? Well, it is... In its new normal, I see a expected value of about 60 deals per month when I look back at the year. So January through August, number of deals we looked at are 55, then 70, then 58, 47, 62, 77, 49, 56, kind of just right along the 60 plane uh, above and beyond, above and below that, but bouncing around. So I, I, I just feel like there's no real trend there. And it's just a little volatile around that 60 number. Uh, a lot of steadiness. The only unusual thing this month, which is August deals we're talking about, is that Lightspeed was the most active firm. Usually it's General Catalyst. Sometimes, sorry, usually it's Andreessen. Sometimes it's General Catalyst. Sometimes it's Excel. Um, rarely does it go beyond those three. And yet Lightspeed is, is here at the top with eight. Uh, involvement in eight of the companies of the 56 companies. So um, other than that, unremarkable. Got it. And of course, we should point out, and I think this is still true, that while we are in a new normal, 60, which is about 60% of what we saw during what we quote unquote regular times, about 100 deals a month or so, half of these deals are AI deals. So without AI, the world would be in a world of hurt. I think so. Although... You know, you got to sort of take the, the the definition AI deal with a grain of salt. Yeah, there's some AI deals, but um, there used to be a lot of crypto deals. And, you know, are they really AI deals or are they just interesting companies that are featuring their AI component? I think we're seeing a lot of deal flow where it wasn't an AI company a year ago, but now it is because they've, you know, layered some AI in and people should be doing that. But should we really call them AI companies? That's uh, a point of internal debate in uh, in our firm right now. Oh, well, let's begin with the first deal, which claims to be an AI deal, which is Ideogram, and that's at ideogram.ai. And this one's an easy one to explain. It is either mid-journey, but much easier to use and much more social, or it's Instagram for AI-generated images as opposed to photographs and images. So it's a classic attempt to build a social network, but with a significant AI component. And of course, as you know, whenever we have a new potential social network, we get excited. We do. It didn't score as high as some other social networks have scored. Usually they can be up in the 90s. And we have one actually this month that does score that well. But it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's less of a social thing than it is a, a generative AI thing, I think. 
but definitely an AI deal. I don't think there's any question about that. And certainly AI has enabled this company to exist and become interesting. Andreessen Horowitz and Index were the leads in a seed round that's a little over $16 million and they're out of Toronto, Canada. So, you know, this is, you know, proving the point that AI is a worldwide phenomenon. Here's a really interesting deal being funded by USVCs in Canada. And it scored pretty darn well. Yeah, so let's go through the scoring. For both winner-take-most and viral growth and distribution, we gave it a 9 out of 10. And I suspect that's because from an AI-generated image standpoint, of course, there's a lot of players out there. They're more social than other folks, but you know, it's still not necessarily to a full 10 out of 10. Viral growth and distribution, something similar. People who are image creators are going to want to share, just like Instagram users did. So that's cool. From a product market fit standpoint, we gave it an eight, largely because AI generated imagery is so well known at this point, as is social networking. So that's cool. Market size, 10 out of 10. Gross margin, 10 out of 10. Org scalability, 10 out of 10, because this is classic software internet. But off scalability, only 7 out of 10. That's because AI consumes a lot of compute power, and this is going to really eat up a lot of that stuff, I think. Oh, sure. I mean, they're generating images that takes cycles. So um, try it out, though. Like, you know, we we gave the product market fit an 8 out of 10. I think that's because we tried it and liked it. It's ideogram, I-D-E-O-G-R-A-M dot A-I. And that's where you'll find it on the web. It's fun. I created in a restaurant a front of a restaurant uh, using it really simply. I invented a fake restaurant and told my family I was opening a new restaurant with a joke name and I, I thought I was very funny, but they didn't think it was that funny, but they, they were impressed with what it looked like. They were like, wow, that's really nice. And so I think, you know, mid journey, I found the, the UI, oh my God, the really, UI is really bad. It's awful. <laughs> so, it's awful. So it's certainly an opportunity exists that, uh, that should be filled in if you have a social layer on top. So it becomes a destination. That's, that's, that could be a really interesting company. So we like this one. Very cool. Next up is another company claiming to be an AI company. And again, you'll be the judge of that. It's a company called Modular. And what Modular is, is it is both a programming language and platform for AI. So essentially, it's trying to displace Python as the language of choice for working with AI apps. Now, that was all a bunch of words that I, as a non-programmer, don't necessarily fully understand. So Scott, tell us about this one. What makes Modular special? Well, having written C code in uh, the 90s, I don't really understand it that much better than you, I don't think. But I did talk to someone who's a developer and they said, yeah, you know, there's some opportunity here to make life easier for us on the coding side. But the real thing I care about is how well does it connect to my data sources? Because you need really great connection to those data sources to run your models and do your do your iterations on them. And so that's that's something we can't really ask until we talk to the company. So we're just looking at the website at this point. We can't see whether they meet that test or not. But boy, did they raise a good-sized Series A. It's a $100 million Series A coming on the heels of a $30 million seed round. General Catalyst led, but Greylock's also in there. 
So here we have a marquee team that uh, is raising from marquee investors in the marquee segment of the industry. And lo and behold, they've got a ton of money, probably before we haven't seen how far along the product is, but probably before the product is that far along. And that's kind of typical for what happens if there's a hot space and a hot team then we saw it in a i forget the name of the french company a couple months ago but the, the, this is what can happen you can raise a lot of money and uh, really set yourself up to be a leader in what we think could be a winner take most opportunity yeah and in this case we actually looked up the founders and the founders had been very prominent at tensorflow within google so they had a great background which is why they have an outstanding team we looked over the team the team is essentially 90 percent engineering with a tiny smattering of product and one or two people for hr plus the founders so they are highly technically oriented a dream team of programmers and machine learning engineers and the like so very interesting to see what happens we gave them a 10 out of 10 for winner take most market because if you become the default programming language and platform for doing this, that is tremendously powerful. Less viral though, of course, software development tools are often quite viral. People talk about them and use them. People collaborate, but it's not like a nine out of 10 or it's a, only an eight out of 10 for the distribution, seven out of 10 for product market fit because as far as we can tell, they haven't made it yet, still pretty early on, but boy, huge market gross margins, org and ops scalability because it's developer tools, 10 out of 10 for all of those. Put it all together, you get an 82, which is again, blitz scalable and very excited. Yeah, that's right. Just a reminder, everything that scores above 80 is in our scoring algorithm, a blitz scalable business. And what we do is we use this scoring as a screen to then decide whether we should further dig into a company and really understand it and go through a formal due diligence before we invest. So that's what this podcast is all about, that screening that we do and just talking out loud about how we're thinking about these businesses. If you want to go check out Modular, it's at modular.com. So I guess they have enough money to just buy the domain that everybody would think they'd have. There you go. Well, that's it for our AI deals for this month. We have two non-AI deals. So that exactly reflects the overall macro situation of AI versus non-AI. This first non-AI deal is called Atmosphy. And Atmosphy is essentially TikTok for local restaurants, bars, and clubs. So the idea is if you are somebody who is interested in going out and figure out what's the hot place to eat, where's the cool night spot, you can see these short TikTok-like videos being taken by the patrons of these places and decide, yeah, that's the place for me. Because it seems like that's how people decide to do everything these days, right, Scott? They look at a TikTok and then decide that's what they're going to cook or eat or do. I think so. It's certainly influential. And I think they, they give actually the venues themselves the opportunity to create videos as well. So some of these can be pretty professionally produced and give the, then that's, I think their business model is giving the proprietors the opportunity to, to reach an audience in the way the audience wants to be reached. And they raised 12 million. The lead looks like Redpoint. Uh, it's a seed round, so they haven't gotten that far yet. But they must have gotten far enough to attract uh, some good investors because not only is Redpoint in here, but Canaan is in here, Industry Ventures, we've got Village Global, some friends of, of ours. And so Industry Ventures, it's, it's, it, there's, there's a good bunch of smart investors in this deal very early on. So it's certainly, you know, when you talk about 
something that's like TikTok, you're talking about something that could blitz scale. Absolutely. And so we've got a very strong marks for winner take most because of the fact that the density matters and being the one that covers as many restaurants, bars, and clubs in a particular city matters. So they've got a lot of local network effects that they got to quickly build up to the viral growth and distribution. We gave it a nine out of 10 because people are going to be showing this off, especially the various pubs and restaurants. But, you know, part of it is, is it really going to be completely viral? Will people make it their main social channel? Probably not. It's more like a Yelp. So it's not quite as viral. Uh, product market fit still very early on. So we gave it a seven out of 10 standard score for something that's early on. Market size, gross margin, org scalability, op scalability, again, pure software, 10 out of 10, which gives it an overall score of 87, which is comfortably above the blitz scalable threshold and definitely making this interesting. The only issue is, Scott, do you go out to a lot of nightlife? I go out to restaurants, you know, right. I go out to, you know, I'll, when I'm discovering a city, of course you want to like figure out where are the cool places and how do I tell what's, you know, I'm in the mood for. And right now the tools for doing that are crap. So I would love for this to be particularly like integrated into Google Maps. That would be nice. Yeah. Or integrated into Yelp or something like that. I don't use Yelp anymore because I, I think the reviews are all um, bullshit, but it's, it's a terrific uh, idea. But it's it's a seed round, so it's early, and it's at Musfy. By the way, it's A T M O S F Y, and so not something that you would have guessed right away. But it's atmosfy.io. So if you want to check it out for yourself, that's where they are. And I, gosh, I hope they do well. I think this is a great idea. Excellent. By the way, the Yelp tip that I will share with folks. And again, I understand that many of the reviews can be BS, but directionally, it generally is pretty good, right? Something that gets great reviews on Yelp is usually better than something that doesn't get great reviews on Yelp. But one important exception to note is that if you decide you want to go to a Chinese restaurant on Yelp, you have to make sure you do not go to any restaurant with a rating that is higher than three and a half stars. Because the problem is, if you are going to a Chinese restaurant, it will not possibly be authentic if it rates higher than three and a half stars. That means that they have created Chinese food for the American palate, and therefore it will suck. <laughs> that is a, a, a great tip. Uh, certainly a pro tip from Chris Ye himself is is worth a lot. So appreciate that. I, I You've never told me that before. That's really... That's fascinating. Well, we haven't spent a lot of time discussing Yelp before, and you'll notice we haven't gone to a lot of Chinese restaurants together. No, that's true. And I, I, I guess I was a little harsh on Yelp. I think that the thing I object to is the restaurants they feature are the ones that pay them a lot. So you try to search in an area for the best restaurants, and you're not going to get the best restaurants. You're going to get the restaurants that are good that also pay Yelp. And it's kind of the same with Google Maps, but a little not quite as bad. So I, I, I feel like I, I kind of have been using Google Maps more than Yelp for discovery but then you try to click through and you try to read the reviews but you see some pictures but you really don't get a sense of the place so i think with yeah, some video, the video is really helpful for that i think yeah so I'd, I'd look forward to seeing if this works yeah there was a company that i was an advisor for long long ago called bar space that was trying to do this just for bars get live video going on in the bars you can look at the bar video and decide if you want to go out or not sadly it didn't succeed but hey maybe it's time for a new a new player to rise. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly TikTok has created that genre of video yeah. that people love to consume. So 
perhaps the timing's better now. I don't know. We'll have to see. These uh, social networks, we're about to talk about another one. They, they tend to score really high, but then they it's it's hard to find ones that are truly going to persist as part of somebody's daily activity for decades to come and that's that's the difference you might be the social network du jour but then people move on and so it's it's hard to really predict that this was this one atmosphere though i think it it could have that um it could become the destination for this type of search which is uh to me that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, and it's important to note that our blitz scalability scores do not indicate whether or not the company will be a success. It indicates whether or not that particular opportunity is really a blitz scaling opportunity. You then have to further evaluate the company itself to determine whether or not it'll be successful. Well, yeah, and then the the biggest thing there is look at the competition. What we don't have is a score for, you know, is it the currently the best one? Cuz we don't know. With that takes, you know, we have to look into that. But that's a big when you're in winner take most market and you're not the winner, then things are bad. So you want to make sure you're you're investing in the best one. So just emphasizing the point Chris just made, it's blitz scalable, but whether it will be the one that blitz scales into the pole position remains to be seen. Now for the last company of the day or end of the month, this is a company called Fizz from my alma mater, Stanford University. This is a private social network slash user community for college campuses. You've got anonymous posts, you've got a leaderboard, you've got direct messages, you've got a classic news feed. This is for people to talk about what's happening on campus. And there have been a lot of attempts to do something like this. Facebook, of course, was the original campus social network, although obviously it grew considerably since then. There are other ones like Yik Yak, for example, that... Yep got hot for a while and then went away. And that's because there are a lot of problems with anonymity, right? There's abuse, there is bullying, and this has historically been a tough one to make happen. Fizz is one that is saying that it will have sufficient moderation and safety tools to prevent this from happening. It started off at Stanford. And of course, things that happen at Stanford are often very much... uh, market leaders and influential. And this is why people have piled in. Of course, it helps that so many investors are also Stanford alums. But this has not been without controversy. There have been negative reviews about the lack of moderation, the inability to block potentially abusive users. And it was involved in a scandal around both security and freedom of the press. There were some student researchers who looked into it, discovered it was not secure. They warned the company that it was not secure and said, hey, you guys need to do something about it. The company didn't do anything about it. They said, hey, guys, you really have to do something about it or we're going to have to tell someone. And the company responded with a nasty gram from their lawyers, which then got the EFF involved, which slapped them back because obviously their attempt to quell freedom of speech was not welcomed. And so you've got young, inexperienced founders running a highly volatile business. I mean, there's risk involved. Yeah, sounds familiar though. I mean, anyone's seen the social network would say, "Aha, that's that's the thing to invest in." So I think you know if it's really going to be viral and that's really going to be an important part of people's 
campus experience, then it has the potential to grow very quickly and spread to other campuses and just all the, the right out of the Facebook playbook. And that's why I think, as you pointed out earlier, Chris, you know, people get their, their, oh my gosh, this could be Facebook excitement going and lean into invest. It's a series B, $25 million. And, and it's at fizz, F-I-Z-Z social.app. And it's more of an app than a website, obviously. So if it, 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 we haven't tried it because I think you have to be a student to, to Correct. You need a stanford.edu email address. So we don't know that much about this company. We just know what's been written in the press and that's a fair amount. So, um, you know, we know that NEA is the, uh, the lead investor here. So it's, you know, it's got strong backing and certainly has some excitement around it. How does it score? Well, this one scores incredibly well. It is a social network, and therefore there's a strong winner-take-most market dynamic, 10 out of 10. Uh, it will eventually need to migrate from 10 out of 10 for the, each individual campus to overall, but that is a pathway that has been trodden before by Facebook and Snap and many other extremely valuable companies. Viral go through distribution. This takes off like crazy. Apparently, according to their hype, 95% of Stanford students have downloaded the app. So that's incredible virality, 10 out of 10. Product market fit, well, given the concerns we had, we're not going to give it a perfect product market fit. We're giving it eight out of 10. But, you know, still a pretty get... good score for, for you know, that Absolutely. not everybody gets an eight. Absolutely. And we'd love to look under the hood and find out what the retention rates look like. Market yeah. size, 10 out of 10, gross margin, 10 out of 10, org and op scalability, 10 out of 10. Maybe we could ding them a little bit on op scalability or org scalability if they need to do some more moderation. But if we don't, that works out to be a 95. I mean, that's a super high score. It is. And I think we should just pause on market size for just a minute because I'm thinking about this. I'm like, does it really spread beyond campuses? And if it doesn't, is it really that big a deal? Well, maybe and... we should mark it down on market size. Take it down at least one tick. Well, that's a bit, we got to sort of think expansively on, okay, but maybe it would go beyond campuses and what other, like would churches like this and would other sort of community oriented, you know, it doesn't have to be a physical campus, but communities adopt this amongst their members. And I don't know the answer to that, but I think there's, there's some head scratching and we need to do on market size here that would result in maybe it staying at 10 or maybe it dropping down. Well, but, if we reduce the market size to nine, it drops this whole score to 93. And if yeah. we then go ahead and say, well, let's let's take the org scalability down a little bit that we can drop it. That still doesn't even move it. It's still at 93. Yeah. So this is solidly in the blitz scalable category, but really demands further investigation because obviously this kind of social network can really take off. But is this the one? And I have a message in to a Stanford sophomore to try to find out more. Well, the real question from an investment point of view is how many other campuses is this taking off on? And if that number is in double digits, then I'm pretty interested. I mean, that's that's a big deal if yeah. it's really starting to, to catch fire elsewhere. Because there have been a lot of things that are like the thing at a particular campus that just never make it outside the campus boundary. Very true. Very true. A lot of the food ordering apps, very sad the timing of some of those. Some of those came up right before the pandemic and just got crushed. So I feel badly for those. Yeah. Well, food ordering was big during the pandemic, but um, it's uh, it's not that. This is pure social, no 
No, uh, it, it, and if you look on the website, really what it is, is people kind of saying, you know, I'm feeling a little uncertain about this, or I don't like that, or what do you guys think of this? And then other people respond, and there's a conversation around that. And if you respond in a way that people appreciate, they give you karma points. And so the whole game of the thing is to get as many karma points as you can. And so you've considered a really good person. Now, it's all anonymous, so I'm not sure what you get if there's any social benefit that accrues outside of the app. But I think there's um, that's the sort of neat aspect of this that keeps it safer from bullying. Yeah. Well, overall, then, we've got four different companies, just to recap. Ideogram, Modular, Atmosphy, and Fizz, two AI deals, two non-AI deals. We're at a new normal of about 60 deals a month. And I guess we're just going to see if this new normal is going to persist, if the macro environment is going to improve and cause it to come back, or if this is just the way it's going to be for the time being. Yeah, we shouldn't talk about it in negative terms. It's sort of a, a the, the new normal is the old normal. The abnormal was 2021, which we're all now realizing. The companies that priced all of their shares in 2021 and thought that they were all unicorns are struggling to really come to grips with the fact that maybe that was the bad data point and the real data points are the ones that are getting put in place now. And that's taking a while to to work its way through the venture ecosystem. But, you know, like this, this is enough deals. Like there's, there's plenty of activity. If you have a good company, you can raise money. And certainly the AI excitement is putting a ton of energy into the seed stage and uh, the series A stage. All right. Well, that's it for the deals of August 2023. I'm Chris Ye, and on behalf of Scott Johnson, thank you guys for listening. Feel free to like, subscribe, and share, or do anything that you would typically do with a podcast. And we will look forward to rejoining you next month to discuss September's deals.